You say a one for the trouble, two for the time. Uh, come on, y'all, let's... Now it's time for the morning coffee with my daddy, the motivator, Jazzy G, on Power Me Up Radio, talk 24-7. Good morning, good morning, my soul motivators. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Morning Coffee with yours truly, the motivator, Jazzy G. Here on Power Me Up Radio Talk 24-7, the station with heart on iHeart. Today, beloved, is Work It Out Wednesday. That's right, today is Work It Out Wednesday. And today I have a special guest here on the Morning Coffee that's going to really going to bring the funk. I'm telling you, she is going to bring the funk. So all you entrepreneurs, wannabe entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, mompreneurs, y'all get ready because this person right here, Moji Solo Wilson, she's going to really do her thing. Let me tell you a bit about her. All right. She's the CEO of Solo Wilson Investments and African LBGT Incorporated. All right. She has a 501c3 organization. She's also a co-founder of Solo Wilson Village and Solo Wilson Guardian Angels. Let me tell you about this scholarship program. She's going to tell you more about it, but this is a phenomenal program, okay? She is actually sending African kids to college, all right? Her and her wife is doing their thing, all right? So Moji, has, she's a, a, a certified real estate investing agent in New York, all right? Also... They, they scholarships for the Solar Wilson Guardian Angel Scholarship Program established, provided educational grants and financially uh, challenges Africans and adults. She actually building, her and her wife is actually building a village in Texas. That's where she resides right now in Texas. All right. So she's going to tell you all about it. Okay. So get ready. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you the one, the only, Moji. Moji, how you doing? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm so appreciative of you being here on the morning coffee today on this Work It Out Wednesday. Moji, I mean, I I know you're a busy, busy person, so that I'm truly, truly appreciative of you being here today. All right. So I don't want to waste your time or my soul motivators time because my listeners, they're known as soul motivators because they get up, get out, do their thing much like you. So Moji, how did you get started as an entrepreneur and, and where it all come? I know you're originally from um, Nigeria, Africa, but tell my listeners where it all started for you. For this, you can tell us from cradle, cradle to the, to the, to the, to the hilltop. If you like, it's on you. <laughs> Thank you so very much for having me over and good morning to all your listeners. My name is Mojisola Wilson and I was born in Nigeria. My father was an entrepreneur. He had a farm, he had a fishing trawler and he also owned loads and loads of land that he developed into buildings or commercial as well as residential. And, um, from as far back as I remember, I went everywhere with him because my mother left when I was one. So my father was a single parent in those in the 60s when it wasn't even cool for an African man to be a single parent. 
I went everywhere with him. He taught me everything. I, I, I he didn't teach me formally, but I learned a lot about uh, about business, about dealing with people, about right. compassion and empathy from my father. And um, I came to the United States. I would think I believe I was almost seventeen or so to go to school. I ended up in boarding school here. And from there, I was doing braids for people. And that's how I started in business, really. And um, when I was through with school, while I was in school, I was modeling. Then after school, I came to New York to model. I had no idea how difficult it was going to be to get a leg up in the modeling industry. So I, I stayed in it and I uh, worked at different retail shops while I was modeling. Then when I got busier, I started to work in, you know, like the trendy nightclubs and things like that. Right. And along the way, I started to make costume jewelry. And I saw that on the streets. When I decided to have children, I was like, I couldn't live in Manhattan. I lived on 56th Street at that point. And I moved to Staten Island. Island. While I was looking for homes, they were showing me houses in really bad neighborhoods. And... Um, as always, I got upset and decided I was going to do something about it. And that's how I ended up in real estate. I hope that answered your question. That, 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 is, that is on point. That is on point because most entrepreneurs, I say this all the time. Entrepreneurs are not about just making money or getting rich. Entrepreneurs solve problems. That's what we do. We solve problems. And that's exactly what you're doing is solving the problem. Now, Moji, how did you get started in real estate? Wow, real estate feels like a hundred years ago. But um, real estate—it's—it's <laughs> it's been about I'm going almost on thirty years now. And real estate, I accidentally tr- tripped into because, like I said, um, when I was looking for homes, being black and coming into Staten Island, what ended up happening was the realtors were taking me into really horrible neighborhoods, and there was not that many black realtors to begin with. So I decided to go get my license, and I. Uh, signed up with Century 21. When I joined Century 21, they told me I could not um, go to this neighborhood, that neighborhood, because, you know, they didn't say because I was black, but they said the neighborhood was not going to be welcoming. And I was also told that I would not make a check for the first six months. Mind you, I was a single parent, so not making a check for the first six months was not even an option. Plus, I've always been one that, uh, unfortunately, I've been driven by the need to prove people wrong. Right, right. And then being in, uh, a first child of a father that had 12 wives and 31 children, and because I'm a daughter, I did not get the same respect as my siblings that were boys. So I wanted to prove to my dad that I'm in your business, in your industry, and I can do this. So I would go into the office from 9 a.m. till 9 p.m. every day. They gave us yellow pages. I'm sure nobody, a lot of people don't even remember what yellow pages are. <laughs> but they gave us yellow pages in those days and we just cold called and right. I got into the habit of making 100 calls a day and also what is called farming which is when you go door to door knocking on doors and introducing yourself and that's what right. I did for the first like four or five months and you know I sat down one day and I asked myself what is the demographic that's not really being serviced and I realized that it's the people with section aid and welfare he fear she fear any kind of social services they were not getting proper um, treatment you know so I decided to focus on that and I became what they called the coin the slum princess in Staten Island but from serving the minority group 
helping them to get adequate housing in good neighborhoods and not the you know the red line neighborhoods right i um became i i became a masters club in century 21 and you're talking about 1980 something like the late middle 80s to the late 80s and within a year i had made uh, the million dollar club within less than a year two years i was number one in staten island i'd become centurion they call it and i was centurion for two years in a row Wow. Then in wow. 1998 I stepped out and opened up my own company and we had I ended up with 22 agents and um a staff of seven so altogether we had about 29 people that worked with us and um yeah it was really nice it was a great experience I loved it I still do real estate but it was I mean it was so much going on in those days um racial profiling racial you know disparities and things like that that i ran to become a part of the board of governors at Staten Island Board of Realtors and i'm the right. first black woman to ever sit on the Staten Island Board of Governors um I got you your pass for that. I got you your pass for that. Get him Oji. Thank you. So I I went in there trying to make changes and you know shared my experiences and then we joined there was a lot of organizations that I joined. But real estate has been my passion for many years in different forms because I do flips, I do rentals. Right now we're building out an African village. So yeah, real estate was is a lot of fun for me. Yeah, I want I want to I want to get into that too about the African village and everything like that. But um I want to also ask you what was cuz you're saying, you know, past real estate and the in the red line and so forth cuz you know, I'm I'm a real estate investor myself. So, and I know a lot about that red line and it goes on. So, uh, what were some of the, the the challenges you had to face? For instance, a lot of times I would have landlords that tell me, "Moji, you know, I don't want any black you're not really black. I don't want any black people here." You know what I mean, right? and i would just walk away from landlords like that because i cannot work with a person that does that judges people on their skin color exactly so i would always walk away and then you had landlords that specifically only bought houses for section 8 now that's another problem because you cannot buy houses just for section 8 what ends up happening is that they buy the houses in a low income area and they put in very little work half of these houses won't even pass inspection right you know so it it, it 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 was very challenging but after a while i built a reputation like i said they called me the the slum princess and because of that title a lot of landlords were curious to find out who i was because right. a lot of what i ended up with was a, a learning a lot from the jewish landlords about how they make investments about how they find properties about how they get these programs in and how they get them out my focus right. was always my client and because i was customer centric you know i did very well it until today i'm getting referrals i mean i live in texas and i'm getting referrals from new york my whole business model right now in new york is based referral based so oh, that's great that's great waiting on the book monkey waiting on the book <laughs> i'll get there <laughs> <laughs> now now earlier i mentioned 
in, in, in the intro that you and your wife, you're a building an African village in Texas where you reside. And, and I know y'all have a farm and everything, like you have dogs and, and, and cows and, and, and things of the sort. So give my listeners, so my soul motivators, a little background about the whole idea of you guys building the the uh, the African village and everything, because your wife also is, is a, a native of Nigeria, also. Am yes. I correct? Yes. Right, she is. and she's a physician, a physician, right? She's a, yes. she's a doctor, right? Yes. Okay, right. So give give my son more a little background about that. So my wife and I, Margaret, met in 2016. We're both from Nigeria, a country that criminalizes homosexuality um, and same gender marriage. So we met, we fell in love, and we decided to get married. And we got hit by um, somebody from the wedding, a guest at the wedding, sold our pictures. Bottom line is that at the end of the day, we got death threats and all kinds of um, bullying and trolling. We and decided to move out of New York. And we chose Texas because we had um, adopted a dog from Harvey. The hurricane that happened, they actually flew um, the dog over to New York. We rescued the dog. So we thought it was a sign from God to come to Texas. <laughs> and we came. And you know, when we listen to spirit, when I listen to spirit, people think I'm crazy because I do a lot of things from spirit. And right. we came to Texas. We sold our home in New York and we bought something here. And then we started, there was a hurricane or something that was coming a couple of years ago, right before COVID hit. And mm-hmm. if another friend of ours had offered us her ranch, a hundred acres close to Austin. And thankfully nothing happened. The hurricane didn't come. So I said to my wife, you know, we really need to get something. Cause I keep hearing that nothing happens. Go if you go towards Austin so that if anything happens, we can go there. Right. right. And I'm a realtor. Everything magical happens to me at 3 a.m. in the morning. I, my first house, I, uh, you know, I bought, I found at 3 a.m. in the morning. My wife, I met at 3 a.m. in the morning online. She found me on <laughs> Facebook. And um, this house that we live in in Texas, yeah, our, our, resident, our primary home, I found at 3 a.m. in the morning in New York. Yeah. So 3 a.m. in the morning, I get on the laptop, boom. I found this piece. And I said to my wife in the morning, I said, look, this thing reminds me of Nigeria. She's like, really? It looks like a shack. I said, exactly. So we went and we saw it and it turned out to be 40 acres. You know, coming from New York, you don't realize that the prices are so different, right? So I, what I saw was a New York townhouse price. So I was very excited and I get there, it's 40 (laughs) acres and it had a few other buildings on it. And as we drove into the property, I just started crying because it just reminded me of my father's village. The red soil, the lake, you know, the little houses wow. and all that stuff. And we went in there and we made an offer. And um, yeah, it was it, it just reminded us of home. So we decided I let's just make it into an African village. And we have it on short-term rental, Solar Wilson Village. And the whole concept of it is to create a space that's inclusive. You know, a space where everybody, regardless of race, gender, sexuality, religious affiliations, can come to and just enjoy themselves. And the whole point is to give them a taste of Africa right here in the heart of Texas. Since we can't go home, we're bringing Africa right where we are. And that's the concept. That's that's so great. That's that's powerful. I'm digging that. And, And you know what makes that even more powerful? It's 40 acres. And if you know... If you know any history about African-Americans, 
uh, after the end of slavery, there was the Frederick Douglass and the proclamation he had put in that, you know, that we as African-Americans should receive 40 acres in the mule. Actually, it was 40 acres. <laughs> then they added the mule later on, but it yeah. was 40 acres. That is so profound that, Isn't you know, it? that is 40 acres, that you have 40 acres. That's wild. Yeah. I'm loving that. I'm loving every bit of that <laughs> right there. <laughs> Moji. Moji, I, I want you to um, uh, give my listeners uh, three things uh, that you believe um, that uh, your strengths and, and your weaknesses. I like, give them like three things that you they, that they can use. Three, three tools that they can use that, that your strengths and your weaknesses. I think one of my biggest strengths which also happens to be one of my biggest weaknesses is my compassion. Um, always trying to help people, trying to solve problems. Right. And, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Um, the, second, <laughs> the, the second strength is that I don't give up. I don't believe in a no. I believe in a not now, right. but I don't believe in a no. Um, the third weakness is my willingness to learn. My willingness, I, I and I will pair right. that up with being humil uh, with humility as well. Right, you know, right. Uh, um, my second, my first weakness is my compassion. My third weakness is that I have dyslexia, so that for me, I am more. Um, my wife is an, uh, you know, I read. I have, to, I, I read a lot because right. I've learned that I have to read something like two or three times. You know, and now that there's this audio book thing, I'm really loving it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My third weakness, honestly, is that I don't have ADD, but I have the uh, the hunger for knowledge to the point that sometimes it creates a distraction. Right. So I, I one of the biggest things that my my last coach worked with me spent and how to focus you right. know, on a particular project. Right, right. Yeah, you know, most entrepreneurs seem to have ADD because, <laughs> you know, we get distracted very easily. Yeah. Because we're all over the place a lot of times because we see so many, again, entrepreneurs are problem solvers. So we see a lot of problems. We want to solve We want to solve this, we want to solve that. And that right. happens time and time again to us entrepreneurs. And uh, that's why it seems like we have ADD. The, the funny thing that you mentioned about you having dyslexia, you know, four of the sharks on Shark Tank have dyslexia. Yes, I saw that. Four of, the, four of the six of them have dyslexia. You know what I'm saying? So, again, that's just something that, you know, like you say, even though it's a weakness, it also, you, you, you made it into your superpower at the same time. So that's the, that's the great thing about that, you know? Now, now, Moji, um, what advice would you give, like, say, your younger self? Like, the younger Moji, say to the younger Moji. Oh, my God. To the younger Moji, I would say, stop sweating the small stuff. Hmm. Literally, hmm. stop yeah. sweating the small stuff. Because we focus, I focus so much on things that did not even matter. Um, I focus so much on my sexuality and my dyslexia that it stopped me from flying as high as an eagle right, very right. early in life. And right. as I learned to lean into my, to become authentic, everything started to fall into place. So I would tell my younger self, 
don't, don't, please don't focus on the small stuff because right. you're so much bigger than that. Right, right. That's great. That's great advice. That is such great advice because, again, so many times we do just that. Focus on things that really won't matter to us two, three years from now, even maybe a year from now. It won't even matter to us and we forget what we were focusing on at that time because it really didn't matter. And when we're younger, we think everything is a whirlwind. You know, yeah. when, you, when you're, you know, especially when you're in 20s or in your teens, you think that the world's against you. And that's not really the world's against you. It's just that you're growing up. And yeah. we don't start to realize that until after we're 35, that, okay, the whole time we were just growing. That's all. Because, you know, it's just like anything else that grows. And if it doesn't grow, it dies. So to, to save your life, so to speak, you're growing. So as they call it, growing pain. Yes. You know, but we don't realize that at the time, you know. And uh, Moji, I want you to uh, now I want you to speak about the um, the scholarship program that you have for the young uh, Nigerians that you're giving the scholarship. But I was I was on your clubhouse uh, room and you were like, you know, you had these young people and you all giving these scholarships out you and your wife. And it was like amazing. And again, uh, Moji and I met on Clubhouse, and I, I rave about Clubhouse. It's the best networking okay. place you can find. And she's, we're both part of um, Your Mind Mastery um, a network that's on Clubhouse with Cecil Khalees. But tell, tell my listeners about the, the scholarship program that you and your wife have set up. So about last year, we have a not-for-profit called African LGBTQ that we self-fund. And the sole purpose of that was to help to change the law in Nigeria. And we realized that changing the law alone is not going to help the LGBT community. So we decided programs to help them um, to help to help help them to self-actualize through education, mentorship and um, peer mentorship as well. But this year, for some reason, I was restless. I wanted to do something different. We'd always had about 10 people every year because we self fund. And right. I went to God and I said, look, I need you to tell me what my ne- next assignment is because, uh, you know, my wife and I are the first Nigerian to Nigerian to marry each other out in the open. Right. And there's so many things that we're the first off. But this, I was at 57. I needed to know okay, well, what's my legacy going to be? What's my Margaret and my legacy going to be? And what do you want us to do, God? And it came to my heart to take on 50 Nigerian students. And I said, uh, okay, so we'll go find 50 LGBTQIAs. And God said, no, you have to take on 50 Nigerian students. Right. Okay. So I'm thinking, well, they're kind of homophobic in Nigeria. How are we going to do this? But we decided to create the stage and clubhouse and ask questions of Nigerian students. What do you need to help you succeed? Majority of the kids in the rural areas could not afford their tuition. So we decided to create this program. We set up the stage. We invited two of our friends to help to moderate and judge. And we awarded the first 50. And we saw that there were so many people out there that needed scholarships. So we extended it and we ended up giving out 78 Scholarships to Nigerian students across Nigeria, different ethnic, different tribes, different genders, different religions, 
I mean, and different sexuality. So inclusion and diversity, which is one of my biggest things, you know, that I do was all over the place. So now we have 78 families that have been um, uh, helped by two lesbian women in a country that criminalizes homophobia. Right, I mean, homosexuality. Right. I mean, right. I think, yeah, I'm just very grateful to God because we couldn't have done this without God. And thank God that's for powerful. Clubhouse too. Indeed. You know? Indeed. That's, yeah. that's powerful. That is, that is powerful. And when I was in the room, you know, when you were doing, I think it was the, I, I don't know if it was the first time or the second, I don't know, but I was in that room and it was like, it was, I can feel that energy. I can feel that positive energy that was going on and, and the upliftment and that these kids are gonna, you know what I'm saying, getting a chance to their their life to the next level was so amazing to me. And I was like, this this has to be modeled. This has to be duplicated. And you know what I'm saying? So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you here on the morning coffee here on Power Me Up Radio Talk 24-7 because I wanted, I want my soul motivated to get this, to, to feel this, to feel that energy and that positive you and your wife was, was putting out there on Clubhouse. So it's so amazing. Moji, tell my soul motivators where they can find you, how they get in touch with you, and what's next for Moji Solar uh, Wilson. Well, I'm on Clubhouse, obviously, Moji Solar Wilson. I'm on every most social media, Facebook, um, uh, Facebook, IG, and I don't really tweet at that much. I like to write. Um, what's next for Moji? I'm just at the point, all my kids are grown, and I married my wife six years ago at 52, so we're literally getting to enjoy our empty nest at the moment. We travel a lot. I speak across the country, just like my wife does. And right now, I'm in the process of writing my book. Great. So um, that's very exciting for me. And we'll continue to build out the Solo Wilson Village um, with more cabins. And we have a lot of events. We also have a, an event space where people can come and get married. If you want an African wedding, we can we curate everything from the clothing to the everything, to the musicians, to name it. We have we have a team that does that. That's Thank great. you so much for having me here. Hey, I'm so appreciative that you're here on the morning coffee emoji. I'm so appreciative to you because this is this is so great. And I know you was gonna be a great guest. Hey, so motivated. Then I tell you, she was gonna bring the funk. I told you, Moji was gonna bring the funk. <laughs> I'm telling you, beloved, you gotta check her out definitely. So I got to end the program now, but I'm I'm so appreciative of you being here. So as always, um, I I do my uh, take my deep breaths and oxygen so we can get oxygen to the mind, the body, and the spirit, and uh, say our uh, affirmation prayer so people can get their day going. So on this work it out Wednesday, I want uh, my soul motivators. Everybody take a deep breath, breathe in, hold it, hold it, hold it, release. Extend it, extend it, extend it. Breathe in. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Release. Extend it, extend it, extend it. One more time, beloved. Breathe in. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Release. Extend it, extend it, extend it. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. 
The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. That is your protection for the day. But let's on this Work It Out Wednesday here on Power Me Up Radio Talk 24-7, the station with heart on iHeart. It's the morning coffee with yours truly, the motivated Jazzy G, with my special guest, Moji Solar Wilson. Moji, I am so appreciative to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here on the morning coffee. Thank you so very much for having me. It's been a great pleasure. Yes. I love each and every one of you. It's not a damn thing you can do about it. Y'all have a blessed, blessed Work It Out Wednesday. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.